It's 6 a.m. Rise and Shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Tuesday to you, and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, alongside Jeff McIntyre, as we grind it out here on a Tuesday edition. Jeffy, uh, a special Tuesday edition, a uh, Cinco de Mayo Cinco edition. de Mayo, or Revenge of the Fifth. <laughs> I've heard that too. Oh, the May the 4th, yeah. and then Revenge of the Fifth. Yeah, and, and, and it's Taco Tuesday on Cinco de Mayo. How often does that happen? I don't know, but this year, as far as holidays, is pretty legit. Have you seen the, the whole the whole gamut? Like, if you run down all the holidays, like Memorial Day is like on a Friday, or well, no, it's on a Monday. It's always on a Monday. Uh, but other holidays that are normally can be on any day of the week. It's not like a, a Thanksgiving or a Memorial Day. All of them are like primo. They're like Fridays. They're Mondays. It's it's extending weekends. Cinco de Mayo's on Taco Tuesday. So 2020 looked real good <laughs> from the storefront window. Yeah. And it has not lived up to the hype. No. I heard with the recent edition of the Murder Hornets, it's Apocalypse Bingo. Like, the Murder Hornets, like, I'm allergic to bee stings, so, like, that's kind of a big deal for me. And I'm like, really? Like, because, like, there's not a bug out there that doesn't like me. <laughs> like, if I go outside, Laura, Laura literally could roll in the grass would come out unscathed, just go back in the house, maybe dust off a little dead grass, good to go. I walk out, and it's like, hey, he's out here again. Yeah, and from what I've read, they actually don't get their name from people. It's because they murder honeybees. Like one bee can destroy an entire nest in like minutes. Oh, so it's like the Debo of honey, of, yeah. of bees. It's not even like they go after people. It's that they go after other bees just because that's what they do. Yeah, but see, there's always that rogue one now. It could be. You know what I'm saying? I'll be like, hey, it's even the, you know, the... You're a lot bigger than a honeybee. Well, Let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah, what's... Yeah, yeah, how big a boy are you? But uh, what's the, 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 the burrow bees or whatever? Oh, carpenter bees? Yeah. So my little, you know, they're, they're like, they just bump you. They don't really, they, yeah, they're just, they don't do anything. They're kind of dumb. Yeah. Um, my, my little boys, they, they literally think every carpenter bee is the same carpenter bee because they named one in our backyard and his <laughs> name is Bob and we'll be, we'll be at, you know, a, a park, you know, obviously not in the last couple of months, but we'll be, we'll be at a different place and here come a big carpenter bee and I go, Hey Bob. And it's like, I'm like. You think they know there's more than one of those? So I started making my own carpenter bee traps, and I have a whole bunch of bobs in one jar. Really? Yeah. You got a bob jar? Yes. That's nice. And, and that is a true statement to their intelligence because they climb in and then they can't climb back they're out. They're like, hey, there's all my buddies. Yep. I don't know why they're all in one place, but let's go check it out. That's right. And there it was. Yeah. So, so Jeff, it's a, it's a good day. I mean, I think anytime you're uh, – uh, now I will say I, I think uh, you know Corona's probably going to not have as big of a day as they normally would have in the sales market, uh, <laughs> but uh, 
You know, that's that's just time, time signs of the time, if I can get it out. Um, but I think it's going to be a pretty good pretty good show today. We've got got some good stuff to talk about. Uh, some some not so good stuff to talk about. Uh, yesterday, the passing of Don Shula. Uh, Don Shula passed at the age of ninety, uh, which is that's an extremely long life. I mean, that's that's a point. Boone asked me, he said, "What did he pass away from?" And I was like, "Well, I don't think he wrecked his jet ski." Uh, uh, no. So I, I think it's one of those deals, you know. And, and that's the time we're in. You know, if you look at the golden ages of sports. We're in that time where we're going to lose some guys. Yep. I mean, it, whether it's the golden age of country music, whether it's the golden age of sports, there's guys that are in, in their well upper age, and, and things are starting to, to deteriorate. And and Don Shula is just the latest. I don't think he'll be the last. Oh, I mean, no, no. But, but at the same rate, he is one of those those pillars that, that you need to talk about because, you know, you, you look up when he left the game, I mean, what he had been through – what he had done and the players he had coached was pretty dynamic. When it, you know when he got into coaching, I don't know that I knew this like immediately. He started with the Colts. Yeah, the Baltimore Colts. He was a big Baltimore Colts. He had Johnny Unitas, uh, Raymond Barry, those guys is, uh, on his football team that he had actually played with. Now that's cool. I didn't know that. And it was kind of one of these deals where he was in the the coaching staff. They released the guy that that was the head coach, and they just kind of poof put him in <laughs> i mean and that's good old boy at its best i mean oh, you know it's yeah. just back in the day i i know who i want and he's not going to be there if i don't pick him up let's make the cut and then there he was so he gets in there he does some really really good things but their first couple seasons were a little little par you know just kind of standard and then he really gets on on a trek and and takes them to a, to a super bowl championship or at that time an nfl championship because yep. it was it was not the the common um, Super Bowl era, but um, then he then he kind of does his thing there, and and then Miami uh, comes open, and and he goes and and do, does a rebuild job again, uh, and has a lot of great players. I mean, uh, th- there's there's a ton you can go down through there. Larry Zonka, Dan Marino, all the the players that he coached because he was there. I want to say I looked it up. I mean, like. I think it was seventy nine to oh three, but he, he was there like forever. Yeah, he like was, Sandlot. He was, yeah, baseball signed by Babe Ruth forever. <laughs> he was there forever, and, and and he had some great success. Now again, like any like any player, like any coach, on the tail end of their career, it wasn't what it was in the prime. So there there's some people in the younger generation, i.e. me that didn't fully take into account all of his successes till till later uh because he he you know those those later ones uh that they weren't the the powerhouses of the 70s obviously yeah that was that was some things i had to like when i started reading on him i say 69 or 79 it would have been 69 cuz the perfect season was 72 yes yes it it i started reading and i just it started blowing my mind the stuff that he had accomplished and where he had done it at and all of the things that he did. And I was like, you know, I, I've always heard of Don Shula, but I just never knew. I knew the perfect season and I knew that there was a couple of Super Bowls in there. But I, I, what I always remembered was the fact that Dan Marino didn't get a ring. I knew his son was Mike Shula, who was the head coach I at knew, Alabama. Yeah. And I really liked those years. <laughs> I really liked I knew, those yeah. years. And so that was my only like real legacy in my head was, you know, Marino didn't get a ring. 
And I think he that one of the things I read, he made a comment that one of his biggest regrets was that that didn't happen. Um, but so you look at the things he did, like I didn't know he coached the Baltimore Colts. Didn't have a clue. I mean, he, he's coached some really, really big names in his time frame. And he was – they said he's the winningest coach in NFL history. I think he's got 326 wins, which yeah. is it, – it's one of those deals. You know, you look and and you can compare it to, to, to modern-day college football coaches and you're like, well, that's not a lot. That's at the National Football League. Right. I mean, that's that's decades at, at a position, which in, and, in today's era you don't see that. And that's also when they weren't playing as many games either. Right. You know, they said the perfect season was 17 wins, and that included the Super Bowl. So, you know, a regular season now is 16. So, I mean, you have to look at how many games they were playing, too, and take yeah. that into consideration. Yeah, he played six years in the league. He, he got drafted in the ninth round of the 1951 uh, NFL draft uh, out of John Carroll University. I uh, got drafted by the Cleveland Browns. They, they do a really good job drafting, don't they? Oh, yeah. Developing, maybe not so much. 51-52, he's with the Browns. And then he played 53-53. To 56 as a Baltimore Colt, and then he was a Washington Redskin 57, and then got into coaching. Uh, but as a coach, he coached at Virginia, a defensive backs coach 1958. He coached at Kentucky 1959, defensive backs coach. The Detroit Lions, he got back in the NFL and never looked back. For, at 1960, 61 and 62, he was Detroit Lions defensive coordinator. Baltimore Colts, 63-69. to 69. Uh, And then he was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, 1970-1995. through 1995. So I had my, my end cap year uh, a little little long, but um, through 95. So, so basically through the Marino era. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and, and so you look at it, he's two-time Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl 7 and 8, both with the, the Dolphins, both in the 70s, 72 and 73. Uh, NFL champion... In 1968, uh, that was with the Baltimore Colts before it was a Super Bowl. Uh, four-time AP NFL Coach of the Year, 64, 67, 68, and the perfect season of 1972. Uh, he was Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year in 1993. Uh, he was the NFL 100th Anniversary All-Time Team Coach. I could see that. Um, NFL's 1970s All-Decade Team, uh, of course, with the, the per- perfect uh, 72 team. Uh, he's in the Miami Dolphins honor roll. Uh, he has NFL records for most regular season wins as a head coach, 328. Most total wins as a head coach, 347. And only undefeated season through regular season and playoffs in NFL history stands to this day. Uh, pretty, pretty big, pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah, he he definitely. Uh... Had a full career as a coach. As a player, he played 73 games, had 21 interceptions. That's pretty awesome. It that, seems like that's high anytime dog. you hear about a, a good head coach, you can always they always say, like, oh, yeah, he played defensive back. Yeah, I mean, you think of it, I, I you know, which, again, I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid right now, but Jeremy Pruitt was a defensive back. Yeah. Uh, Herm Edwards was a defensive back. Bill Cower was a defensive back. Yeah. And Don Shula was a defensive back. If I'm not mistaken, Nick Saban may have been the defensive back. Something about about that position. Well, I think it's you got to know a lot. You got yeah. you, you know, there's nobody behind you, a lot in a lot of cases. So, um, I don't know. It's just 
in when because Laura texted me. I was at work yesterday when the news broke, and and of course service at the plant's not exactly uh, premier. So she sends me a text because normally those will go through, and she said Don Shula has passed, and I just went because you know there's an air that lets out because I mean it's like you, you know when when because we haven't heard about him in a long time. Um, you, you know there there's just moments like if you know if when John Madden. Like, that's going to be a big deal. Yeah, it that's is going to be a big deal. a huge deal. Uh, you know, Don Shula's passed away, and, and unfortunately we haven't heard a lot about John Madden in a long time, so that scares me a little bit about the closeness of that date. But, uh, you, you know, there, you just think of all these greats. You know, even even in Tennessee lore, you know, there's some guys that are getting way up there. Uh, you know, some of those guys, they're still members of the 1951 National Championship team floating around. Wow. And those guys are, are, are you know – far and few between because age has caught them and so uh you know don shula passing yesterday's a memory uh it's it's one of those deals you kind of you kind of know what's up you know where you were at and, and you know you just kind of it gave you a moment to look back and and last night i did that i looked back and, and 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 it was funny because he always even you know he didn't win a super bowl from 1973 all the way to 95 but all the time through there you didn't want to play those Dolphins. Sure, it was it was a time where he had them competitive. He had everything right, and and you know, give give the Dolphins organization some credit in those years. They understood what they had. Uh, I I don't know that a guy could go that many years without a Super Bowl and because keep his job because that's where it's at now. It's no longer. I mean, I understand cutting people when they can't make the playoffs. But, you know, there's a lot of people now that get cut when they make the playoffs. They just can't get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I think he's a, you know, he's an example of things that's gone by. He's an example of coaching uh, and, and, and I guess, grace from an organization that we won't see much anymore. And, uh, and quite frankly, uh, it's one of those records, you know, like I said, having lived your entire life now, Don Shula, uh, with your record holding true, for for now, what what is it? Forty eight years. This will be year forty eight. Yep. I mean that's a big deal. That's huge. That is huge. Uh, I mean Peyton Manning couldn't hold on to some passing records for about five years. So uh, just to say that that you've held anything for a decade's a big deal. But forty eight years is huge. But uh, Don Shula is one of those icons. He's one of those those coaches that that'll be remembered for a long long time. And uh, and he passed away yesterday, age of ninety. I mean, that's a long life. Yeah. Especially a guy that played NFL football. Because a lot of times your body's kind of broke up and stuff. But I think uh I think the the comforts of, of head coaching uh helped him extend that and then he, he knew when to get out. Uh when things went south and, and, and didn't pan out in, in Miami, uh he hung it up and, and stayed out of it. So uh, again, Don Shula, rest in peace, but uh, big, big memories and, and a reason to go back down memory lane. I, I'm excited to hear what Boone has to say about his his Don Shula experiences. Actually, t- text back and forth with Coach Tony Iruli yesterday, and he was a big Shula fan. He grew up in Florida, so, I mean, again, that's in that Don Shula era. Uh, he actually, uh, there was some deal where uh, uh, he and Mike Shula had some interaction because, you know, Tony was a – he was an assistant coach at at Missouri, and then up in up in um, up at Sanford or down at Sanford, actually in Alabama, and then up in uh, uh, in his other northeastern schools. So um, he's had some interactions with the Shula family. So hopefully he'll give us a call either today or tomorrow, and we can kind of ha- hash that out, talk that out a little bit. 
But, Jeff, it's one of those deals. It's a, it's a somber time, but like I said, it gave us an opportunity to remember what Don Shula had done and not what Don Shula well, had become in older age. If there was any time to ever have a really good celebration of like accomplishment, mm. he's the, he's the one. I mean, mm. I mean, he's done it all, absolutely, and, and still has a record, and you know, so that's a legacy that you know will always be there. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But but Jeff, let's take us a quick break, uh, regroup, talk a little bit more sports as we come back. You're listening to the Tuesday edition of the Grind, 100.9 FM, 8:50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be back. You don't want to miss it. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Rural King continues to provide the essential livestock supplies your farms need. A cool, wet spring followed by sudden warm weather can mean the grass in your pasture may grow so fast it fails to pull the magnesium up that your herd needs. Country Road High Mag Mineral Blocks with 13.5% magnesium are just $15.99 each. You can order online at RuralKing.com and pick up in store. Protect your livestock for the lowest prices every day at Rule King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. During the Safer at Home order, Knox Area Rescue Ministries has continued to provide a home to those without one. It's shown why CARM is an essential business in our community. CARM Stores was recently designated as an essential business as well. Carm Stores, thank you for your previous support and are excited to announce the reopening of donation centers and stores. As we resume receiving your generous donations, we recognize that business might not be completely as usual. We will continue to monitor guidelines from local officials and practice safe social distancing recommendations. We appreciate your continued support of Knox Area Rescue Ministries and Carm Stores as we remain dedicated to serving the homeless needy, and vulnerable during this time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, 
thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out here on a Tuesday edition. Segment one dedicated to Tom, Don Shula and episode or episode two. That's what this is going to be called. Episode two. Segment two will be dedicated to Michael Jordan. The, oh, the yeah. Last Dance episodes five and six uh, were, were this past weekend. Uh, really... Uh, I feel like it took on a, like a different role this week, uh, a, a lot different look. As you know, the last ones it was like about Rodman, it was like about Phil Jackson. These two were a little different. They were they were a little bit about Michael's competitiveness and and then the dream team and then and then really how uh, I guess roadblocks kept coming up for these teams and they kept knocking them down and and, and so. Uh, I thought episode five really, really kind of exposed some things about the Dream Team. And it, it was cool because in other documentaries, you've heard about the Dream Team. You've heard about that closed practice where he and Magic and Larry Bird like got all hot to trot with each other. And it was pretty much they beat around on each other in practice. And they came out understanding that Michael was better and that that's where this thing was going to go. Like, don't make Michael mad. I think that was definitely the theme of one of the episodes was don't make Michael mad. They even had, they interviewed somebody for one of the commercials and she said that one of her favorite memories was when, uh, oh gosh, was it, I think uh, it was the Eastern Conference Finals against the the Knicks Mm. and somebody dunked on Michael and it made him mad and then they won four in a row and ended the series. Yeah, that that, that was uh, Sue Bird. Sue Bird, who's a UConn legend, WNBA okay. legend, uh, she she said she was a Knicks fan growing up, and they started two and zero against those Bulls, yep. and then Michael won four straight games. And and I I really think that that was the theme of that episode was, you make Michael mad, you pay the price. Yeah, and I think we talked a little bit off air, but another thing that kind of has has kind of rang true through six episodes. Michael, his self motivation and what drives him is 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 interesting to say the least. Uh, a lot of times it could be he he can be coached. I think I think he can he can take that side of it and understand like as long as we're this is for the betterment of whatever he works through it. You know, again like John Paxson hitting that last last second shot to win the series there. Uh, that that's that's not Michael taking it. So I think he understood what he needed to do. And how the the offense need to run well, and, and which to, by the way, Paxson said that's not the way the play was well, supposed to and, go. But. but to your point, they they specifically show that clip at that hotel lobby when that guy asked that question. Game's on the line. Oh, Who's yeah. taking that shot? <laughs> Me. Yeah, that I was mean, a modern shot. Yeah, it was like, why would you even ask that? Me. <laughs> 
and that, then that, I thought that was so fun because that was he was that was at the dream team that was in Barcelona. Yeah. So I mean, it's not like it's with the Bulls, not to not to slide anybody, but I mean, when you're the Bulls, it's Michael, it's Scotty, it's Rodman. Then we'll talk. Yeah, you know, maybe not from the shooting perspective, but I mean, in the hierarchy, that's kind of where we're at. You know, John Paxson uh, knows where he's at. I almost said Bill Paxton, mm-hmm. not the same guy, but uh, you know, they know everybody knows their their spot, and they know Michael's the clutch guy, right? And so, it, you know, it showed that that Michael could be coached. But it, it, what I thought was is really good, and the what they're diving into and ripping out is the fact that Michael has self-motivation for everything. Yes. If somebody's compared to him, it's that uh, the the Portland Trailblazers, the the game it might have actually been the the last last weeks, but they they compared Clyde Drexler in his later years to Michael Jordan. And he said, "I'll do respect Clyde Drexler. I I respect his game." But he said he said that wasn't a fair comparison, and he said I I didn't I wanted to show them that 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 was a bad comparison, and he did, and he yeah. owned him, and, and then then against the Suns in one of these episodes, I think it was episode six, uh, there was a there was a defender that Jerry Krause was really high on. He he liked him, and you know he's kind of maybe had vocalized at some point trying to trade around and get him, and he said I'm gonna show him just how much of a, a good defender he's not, and Michael eat him up. And so the, the, the fact is, is greatness takes on a lot of different looks. And again, you know, we've, we've had our conversations about who is and who isn't, who's in the conversation and who isn't. I don't think there's any, any, anybody in the world that says Michael's not leading that conversation. Oh, yeah, definitely. So at that rate, I, I thought, it, you know, it, it opens up some really nice doors because, you know, it goes into the, the gambling a little bit. It talked a little bit, you know, last well, two nights ago. I finished it last night, talking a little bit about, you know, how he went on that media hiatus. Basically, wouldn't talk to the media for several weeks. Uh, you know, really kind of his contemplation there in the middle part of his 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 career, really in the early '90s, contemplating whether he wanted to come back to basketball because the weight of 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 the media, the weight of his dad passing, the weight of all of that was just heavy on Michael and, and, and he had to really do some soul searching. But, um, I thought, you know, I think Ahmad Rashad really probably helped Michael as much as anybody in the media, uh, because he was kind of an avenue because he was a former player, even though it was an NFL player, he was an, he was an avenue that, that I think just by, by the way they interacted with each other, there were, he understood that there were certain things he didn't need to divulge. Michael said, "You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because like, when he when he came out of all that silence, he said, hey, go grab a camera. I want to yes. do this thing.' And and he name dropped Ahmad Rashad specifically yeah. that I want to talk to him. Yeah. And and I think it's because they had that connection, they had that understanding, and and you know you look at some of these pictures that they took and some of the film that they have. I mean, he's in a corner." With 30 guys standing in front of him, if you were ever claustrophobic, you're in a you're in a corner crying because you could not move. Did you did you? Uh, I, I love the points about the uh, the little usher guys at, at the arenas taking money from Michael because they play quarters, getting yeah, close to the wall. That was fun to watch. That one guy, I'm like, you need to take a few of those quarters and get a haircut. Haircut. Oh my god, it was terrible. Like I'm not sure it wasn't a piece. Well, and then you, you think it was a piece? I don't think so. 
You think it was legit? I think it was legit. It was straight. I bet you, you could tell by the smell, I'm sure. It was perm. Probably smelled permed up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, it was styling. Yeah, it yeah was, he moved one time and the hair didn't. Yeah, it, it was like a Lord Helmet. It just moved with his head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but but no, I but I kind of go both ways on this topic because I, I feel like that media that media presence, that's part of being great. You know what I'm saying? Like it comes with it, yep. Yeah, like nobody goes to New England games because they're interested in talking to Steven Goskowski. No. You know what I'm saying? They're not going there. If if Gronk's playing, it's Gronk, it's Brady. They're it they may talk to they may talk to, to Edelman, they may talk to 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 any of those little slot receivers if they want to, if they catch a touchdown pass or something. But it's because they want to talk to Brady. It's because they oh, want yeah. to talk to Gronk. If you went to went to Denver, I mean you're gonna to talk to Peyton Manning and Vaughn Miller. I mean, those are the places you're gonna go. You're not you're not gonna to talk to the second string left tackle. It's just it's just not what you're gonna do. So I say that to say this, and 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 that's what that's the the elevation of today's game is. You saw that corner that they painted him into. That's fifteen deep now. That's a guy that goes as soon as they're done eating and they get out of the way. I'm going to step up and start eating, and I may ask the same questions, but I'm going to do it because they they owe us this amount of time. And, and and because honestly, a silence in today's game, I don't know that the league would allow you to do that. The NFL doesn't. You have to allot time to the press after the game. It's like written into your contract, right? If you because what Marshawn Lynch got in trouble, yeah, he just like, wanted to eat. Skittles. I'm just not here. Cause I don't. I'm just here so I don't get fined. I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> I mean, the funniest thing ever. And I mean, to a certain degree, I get it. It's it kind of goes with it. And then then there are like then you have situations where. You're sitting on one side, and the team that just beat you is on the other side of the wall. And they're just and they're they're it hamming it up and living it up, and you have to do your interview. You know what that happened? What last year or the year before that, didn't it? And that was a big deal. I'll yeah. Speaking of that, I'll never forget talking about two different feelings going out after a game. So you you know when we won the uh, when we won the bowl game, Tennessee won the bowl game. They couldn't catch Jeremy Pruitt quick enough to get the, the, the ice bath. They, they run out there as he's doing the handshake and get him while he's handshaking the other guy, and he got more of the Gatorade than Jeremy oh, Pruitt did. that's awesome. It's, yeah, but could you imagine being him? I'd be mad. You're like, I didn't win, and I just have orange Gatorade all over me. Yeah. Bad day. Bad it's the showers. Day. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah. You're like, just don't say anything. Yeah. I'm just here because I don't get fined. Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. Uh, but but I it just opened a lot of eyes for me in in a lot of ways for Michael. Like I said, I I didn't I didn't come into this watching this with a disrespect for Michael. So I I don't think that it's necessarily eye opening from that respect. But I think what it's eye opening is 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 the the limited exposure, you know what I'm saying? That 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 necessarily that that was there. I mean, there was media all over the place, but it wasn't like today. There wasn't. There never is going to be in this segment in this docu series. And then Michael said this on Twitter. Right. There's not going to be that because no. he didn't have one. You know, I don't know if you saw in, in episode six when he's ripping Scottie Pippen away from the media, away from his girlfriend because he had a tea time. 
You don't think that's not going to get talked about in today's age? Oh yeah. See, I didn't even know any of that. And then he's he's there on the in the Hitting in the, the bus, bus horn. Yeah. That was genius. I really thought he was about to take off. I did it, too. Though. I was like, oh no. When they said, hey, can you even put that in gear? And he's like, uh, yeah. I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> he ran someone over, and we're just now finding out about it. <laughs> yeah, because he's Michael. He can get away with it. But uh, it just it was a different dynamic. It was a different dynamic. I, I thought, you know, the uh, you, you know the golfing, the 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 gambling, all of those things were were subtitles to my understanding of Michael Jordan, and and that they're opening this stuff up a lot. Understanding that you know, like I said, through through six episodes, there's two weeks left, uh, which seems like you know it, it seems like there's so many more years to unfold, but. You know, going through these episodes, I'm sitting here and, and there's just, it's not that my opinion's changed. I really don't think it has. I mean, I like the uh, the thought of, of what Magic said is, you know, kind of that dream team season. He said, sometimes Magic's the best, sometimes Larry's the best, but most days Michael's the best. And yeah. I think that was, that was the NBA in the Michael Jordan era. It wasn't the fact that every now and again, Scottie Pippen might score more than Michael. Every now and again, somebody that they play against might score more. You know, the Kobe Bryant little montage there. You know, that little Laker boy who likes to get on the offensive end. That was probably one of my greatest quote. Like, my favorite things about this week was when Michael looks straight at his teammate and he says, well, I'm going to work his bleep on, on this end of the floor and see how, how good he is. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and I think those it. and I well, but I think those things happen anyway. We just don't have a camera right there. No, you know what I'm saying? Like when I I don't know when John Wall came into the league first time he and he and LeBron played that that conversation was probably there because John Wall was a freak, and I'm sure LeBron kind of gauged him, and then kind of got aggressive, you know, because it's kind of that alpha look. But but I I love that 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 dynamic was there because. Kobe will say it, or would have said it. Uh, Michael says it. You know, everything Kobe did, he, he kind of stole from me. And then Kobe will even say, I, I got where I'm at because of Michael. Right. Uh, and, and and I think that that's a respect thing, that, that through this docuseries, you know, good, bad, and different player, Michael liked Michael. Michael believed he was the best, and, and I think that's what makes you have that killer instinct. But at the same rate for him to kind of, I don't want to say regress, but to, to step back and give Kobe some love, I think that speaks to what he what he understood about Kobe. Well, and he wasn't, I don't know how to say it, he wasn't totally arrogant that to think that there wasn't anybody else that could play. You know, he knew in his head that he was the best, but he also knew that there were players out there that he had to respect because they were either great or they were going to be great. Right. And I think Kobe falls into that. Isaiah Thomas fell into that. You know, he he gave him a lot of respect when he <laughs> said, you know, when he he flat said that behind Magic, he was the next best point guard. What what I liked was is he said and this I mean, we're talking what 25 years later cuz we're talking early 90s. So yeah, yeah, about almost 30 years later. Yeah. And he goes he goes, "I had to respect Isaiah's game." I still hate him. Yes. But I had to respect his game. And I'm I, like, I laughed. I'm like, that is deep. Like, that's a cut that's going to go for a while. But, but no, I, I think he understood that there was good players in the league, but he was not interested in anybody being compared to him. No. Or expected to beat him. And I, I 
you won't convince me that any time anybody compares him to Kobe or LeBron, like right now to this date, this minute, that it probably doesn't burn him up, that he can go and do something about it. You know, and, and I'll tell you this, and it's what leaves that conversation wide open. Because I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a critic. I mean, y'all, y'all know where I'm at. But I'm a big critic of Michael because nobody remembers the Washington years. You know right. what I'm saying? That is erased from history. Uh, and I, it's, not in, it's not for me. Because those are really the few years that I, I literally knew Michael. You know what I'm saying? So, I say that to say this. I thought it was interesting. And, and I don't think it's going to come out in this league or in this docuseries. But uh, Michael was, as we go into week four or whatever. Yeah, week four. Mm-hmm. Um he made a he made a comment to um, Ahmad Rashad as as the the episode six is coming to a close that I want to be able to walk away from the game when I can still play. Yes, I want to be able to go out on my own terms when when people still say why are you hanging it up? He said and other people he he, he named off I can't remember who it was it was a big guy it might have been like Carl Malone or something said I'm going to play till I can't play anymore. He said he didn't want to do that. And I thought at some way, in some ways, late in his career, that that head got ahead of of what his body was able to do still, and and he kind of got into that. But but I think that that mindset at, in like ninety three, ninety six, ninety eight, just to be thinking like that. I mean, there's not a there's not an NBA player today that's been LeBron ain't thinking about that. Point no. blank. LeBron LeBron's thinking about the next time he's going to be able to play with his kid because that's probably going to happen. Uh. I think this break, honestly, for LeBron may be may have been the best thing for his career because he's going to be rested when they restart. Because as long as as this thing doesn't spike again, I think NBA comes back in June. I think Major League Baseball comes back in June, and uh, and and I think I think the Lakers are going to be poised because they're going to be healthy, they're going to be hungry, and uh, especially after this docu series, LeBron might be willing to to put something on the line, but. But I, I just I like the way this docu series is going. I love how it's it is a docu series. It it does one leads to the next, but they have their own pieces. You know what I'm saying? Like they talked about Phil Jackson, and then he's just a piece of the rest of the puzzle now. They talked about Rodman, he's just another piece of the puzzle, and then they talked about Scotty. And I think that's the dynamic. That's the that's the circle of friends. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know the Ku coach situation until just a few years ago. When they talked yeah. about the dream team and things, because you know, of course, when it's dream team, you go back to your home, your home area. Like uh, they even do that to this time. You know, I can't. I'm trying to think of oh, Campo or whatever. He goes back and plays for the for the the team of Greece. Right. So it, it's it's one of those deals where that's still a thing. But I love the fact that even in that six ten, not even a comparable size to Michael, when Jerry Krause wanted him and was going to get him and even signed him. We're going to show him that he's not hes not going to come in and take this thing over. I'm still waiting for this thing. For, for it, it, They have to show it coming to a head because at every turn, any time, if Jerry Krause said, I like the sky today because it's blue, then, then yeah, Michael, Jordan – Michael's going to drop 40 to turn it red. Yes, exactly. And, and, he, and every time Krause makes a comment – they do something to make him look bad. And so I'm waiting for that to come to a head because it has to. I don't know why. And maybe we've got we've got two more weeks. But 
it's it's hard for me to believe. And maybe Michael didn't push it beyond Phil Jackson. Maybe he just told Phil, he told the the Coach Collins the whole deal. Maybe he just said, hey, I don't like Jerry, and they just went on with it. But it's just hard for me to believe. You've got a player like Michael Jordan who has completely probably rebuilt the, the arena a couple times, probably a single-handedly influxed Chicago Bulls basketball, and that he never went to ownership and was like, really, is this the guy you got to keep? Right. Like, we got this whole thing on lockdown. Let's just cut dude, little chubby dude. And let's get somebody in here that that can can do what you know what needs to be done. But it it just it's not exposed like that. I'm not saying he didn't do it. I'm just saying like it just shocks me in today's age. Which again, there's no media member asking that question. Have you have you complained about Jerry Krause today? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. There's a poll on Twitter that says, you know, what would who would be the next good GM? Who would be the next replacement for Jerry Krause? It's just not happening. No. So I, I'm I'm also interested to see if it ever just explodes because I think it there had to become at the end of that '98 season when when Jordan says nope if Phil ain't back I ain't back because that was the 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 statement if Phil ain't back I ain't back and and at that point you have to make that decision is it Michael and Phil or is it Jerry Krause and and I think it wasn't Jerry Krause. I mean, because you can look him up. His his tenure went beyond ninety eight. Mm, yep. So uh that that was a they hooked their wagon with the wrong horse. <laughs> yeah. Horses, maybe. But um either way, I'm 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 loving what I'm seeing though. It, it's it's a docuseries that has a bunch of opinions. I mean, even in my own household, Laura and I watch it together. We normally don't let the boys watch it just because I wanted to, but the language is just not not where I want it to be. So I've not watched I've not watched a TV 14 version. Is it still there? Like bleeped out? I don't know. Or? I don't know. I would assume it's bleeped out TV 14. I've, I've always watched I just it. watched the big boy version. Yeah, I, and I don't know what that says about me, but if there's an option for, for real, I'm going to go with the real. And and, uh, and I think yeah. anytime the, the documentary starts with uh, some adult language, you know, like, we're it's about to. We're about to be good. What is it? Uh, uh I can't remember who it was on. It was like Friday after next or something. You go, it fitting to get good. Yeah. Like it was fixing to get good right there. But, but, uh, Jeff, I'm, I'm excited about what the next few weeks look like, but the, the last dance will always have conversation pieces come out of it. And I can't wait for next week to get done and us to, to have another one of these conversations, but on Cinco de Mayo, Maybe maybe a Tuesday edition, Taco Tuesday, Cinco de Mayo. We've got a start bench cut that's pretty pretty interesting. Got a little homage to uh, Don Shula. Got some uh, some great Dolphins to talk about. Going to talk a little bit about Don Shula and, and some of his biggest victories in his career. And then we're also gonna gonna have a little start bench cut around Cinco de Mayo, Taco Tuesday. But anyway, we'll take a break. Listen to these great sponsors when we come back. Start bench cut right here in the WKBL studios. We'll be back. You don't want to miss it. 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be back.
Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. At the Blood Partnership, we're working to keep people safe and informed about the recent outbreak of COVID-19, the coronavirus. We know that as members of the community, businesses are experiencing unexpected challenges and we're committed to providing as much support as possible. Find business and community information on our website at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Your local Blount County Community Food Connection is still open serving local families in time of need and hardship. We provide prepackaged groceries to help meet your nutritional and dietary needs. The Community Food Connection is open Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 10 a.m. until noon for drive-up delivery only. Residents are asked to remain in their vehicle so that our volunteers may safely distribute the food. Directions as to how to enter and depart the facility will be clearly displayed. We thank you for your cooperation and look forward to serving you at your Blunt County Community Food Connection. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out here on Taco Tuesday, Cinco de Mayo. But, uh, Jeff, we've had a pretty full show talking a little Last Dance, Michael Jordan docu-series, talking the passing of great legendary 
uh, head football coach Don Shula and uh, start bench cut will have some of those interwoven into the into the process but a uh, little start bench cut again reference to those listening you start one you bench one and then you cut one all these are going to be difficult because they're all probably pretty good <laughs> I've tried to do that on purpose uh, but uh, it kind of goes into the mind of, of Jeff and myself to, to kind of figure out you know where do I put priorities how do we how do we rate different things but dolphins since Don Shula uh, was primarily a Dolphin, Baltimore Colt as a as a player and and an early coach, but then went to the Dolphins. These were not people that played for for Don Shula, but again, just non Dan Marino great players that that really primarily were Dolphins. Because I looking at this list, there was a lot of players that I'm like, oh, but he was like a Dolphin for like a year, right? So top Dolphins, Ricky Williams. Zach Thomas or Jason Taylor? So I'm going to start Jason Taylor. I'm going to bench Ricky Williams, and I'll cut Zach Thomas. And that's just because there for a long time, uh, Jason Taylor, I mean, he was the quintessential Dolphin. Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. he was there forever. And and by far the best player on both sides of the ball for a long time. And, and then Ricky, just because – he was he was so much fun to watch. He was a great player, and then even after he was done playing, he was still fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so run, Ricky, run is it? It has multiple meanings. But <laughs> I'm actually going to start Jason Taylor. I'm going to cut or I'm going to bench Zach Thomas, and I'm going to cut Ricky Williams. Oh. My whole deal is because he left, <laughs> like he just flat went deuces and left the NFL. So that's the whole reason I cut him. I, I thought he had good years, and honestly, could have been great. Had he stuck around, uh, when when uh, it's hard for me to have you on my team when when the reason I would have you on my team is not even number one to you, <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? And then just watching that run, Ricky, run. I mean, this is a cat that, with all due respect, I think I can say whatever I want to after I say that, right? With all due Pretty respect, sure. uh, he's a few French fries short of a Happy Meal. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's you know his elevator don't go to the top. I mean, there's there's some things going on there. That has been self-inflicted, I think. You know, a little bit, yeah. Or, or you know, bought in Jamaica. Either way, but <laughs> uh, Ricky Williams is my cut on that one, and it's just because those other two guys kind of laid it on the line for the Dolphins. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like when you when you think about Zach Thomas, I just I just liked watching him play. I mean, he was just he was kind of nasty. He was just kind of get after it, and, uh, and 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 then Jason Taylor, like you said, he was he was for a long time, even in some bad years. He was a dolphin, and he never said, "I can't wait to be traded." Nope. I, I need to get going. I, he was, I can't he wait. Was there to be, for the team. He was there. So yeah, you got to love it. All those guys, I believe, are in their their ring of honor. So uh, either way, they don't they don't ask me those questions. Uh, on the next one, I had a pizza reference, but I feel like since it's Taco Tuesday, switch it up a little bit. So we're gonna go taco, burrito, or quesadilla. Taco Tuesday Cinco de Mayo edition. I'm probably going to start burrito, bench taco, and cut quesadilla. Yeah, that's how, that's how I'd go. Just preferable. Like, no no real yeah, reason. I mean, just they're all good. Go. That's just – that would be the order in which I would choose. So, do you choose them based on, like, Taco Bell level or, like, local restaurant Honestly, level? that's the first thing that came to my head was yeah. Taco Bell. So, me too. Like, I worked there. I, I made the first crunch wrap in uh, in my little store. Yeah, it Did was you get too. an award. No, I got to eat it. 
Oh, okay. I mean, I feel like that's an award, right? Uh, no, they they make you come in early and you got to make it and, it, and then you you like figure it out. But that was a high school job, and honestly, it's it, I'll give credit to Taco Bell. I worked there for two years and I still eat there, so that that's got to say that something. does say something. I worked at another one and I don't eat there, so that yep. that speaks to that. But I referenced Taco Bell as well when I made my decision on that, and and I'm gonna start burrito. I'm gonna bench quesadilla and I'm gonna cut taco. And you know why? It's totally for portability. You cut taco on Taco Tuesday. Hey, wait a it's ruin. tough. It's tough here on the grind for me. <laughs> Ta- no, it's just because like what are what is one like if you had to say three things about a soft taco in the car, what's it gonna be? Everywhere. Everywhere. It's that little red meat juice that <laughs> it's on all there over. all over the place so that's why i get like a grilled stuffed burrito and and taco bell you you got to be loving this i'm plugging the fire out of all your stuff but uh i grill stuffed burrito or one of the little frito wraps or something like that because hand on the wheel hand on the taco yeah hand on the wheel, hand on. and so that's where i went with that and then the quesadilla is just legit because it's got that jalapeno stuff in it and and like it's just nice it's good stuff, but yeah, I'm cutting taco on Taco Tuesday. Shame doesn't get any. It doesn't get any harder to deal with than Shame. that right now. But uh, the next one, as my phone goes to sleep, that's that's epic. Uh, biggest Don Shula victory, uh, perfect season, 1972, repeating as Super Bowl champ in 1973, or turning down the New Jersey Generals, who was then owned by Donald Trump of the USFL, a five million dollar contract turning them down to stay with the Dolphins. I'm going to start the perfect season. I'm going to bench the repeating Super Bowl champ, and then I'm going to cut the New Jersey Generals. Just the way it sits. Yeah, and and the reason I do that is because there were some really good teams that year that they had the perfect season, and they stayed perfect Mm -hmm. all the way through the Super Bowl. And – yeah, the Patriots, you can get 18 out of them. It's just exactly. hard to get that, that it's, last one. It's, you know, because at that point, you're playing some really good competition. And to stay perfect, that that's pretty good. And then, you know, I benched the repeat because that's hard to do. That's two long seasons in a row. And then to come out on top and then, I mean, turning down a five-bill contract. In the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> That, what that, I what I'm I, I kind of just I threw that in there because it was funny because it's it's totally interesting and I you know I have no qualms about it you know I've you know there there's some some Republican bias there mm-hmm. uh, in in the yeah they the buy way. shoes too yeah they buy shoes <laughs> <laughs> oh lord that, that was something we didn't even talk about that. I know we missed it I forgot oh it's coming back but anyway uh, the funny thing is Donald Trump owned the New Jersey Generals uh, he is probably credited with the end of the the usfl and now he's president of the united states it's just it's how far you can go yeah it's america it's the american way but i i put that in there just because i thought it was funny but i'm gonna go perfect season start i'm gonna bench the turning down the new jersey generals because a lot of that stuff doesn't happen if he takes that job that's true his greatness is not what it is today if he goes there because it's probably a couple years of the new jersey generals that league ends and then he has to find a job. Is there going to be a job? Where is it going to be? Is he going to get Dan Marino? Is you know how is that 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 weave going to spin? Because 
when he got to Miami, he wouldn't have done a lot of what he did in Miami other places. Right. So there's a fit and function that I give credit for, and turning that down was part of that staying there. And then I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna cut the the repeat, even though I think it's one of the more difficult things in sports to repeat at any level as a champion because that you kind of got the target on you. Uh, but I, I just think that in that level, I'm gonna put it in that specific order. Um, the next thing is 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 kind of in tandem. I don't know what this says about me, but in 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 kind of parallel with my last dance watching uh i finished up the tiger king have you watched it oh yeah it's uh like it it just leaves so many questions like so many whys really all my questions are i got a notification yesterday that nick cage has signed on to be the tiger king in a series no way i'm excited I just don't think Nicolas Cage can talk like this. I think he can try, and I think it'll be hilarious. All I can think about is Con Air and that horrible southern accent he had, and now he's going to copy that dude. Oh, it's going to be great. So this next one was reaching. Like, it's tough on me because I really didn't watch these other two docuseries, but I wanted to do things that were kind of a low number of seasons that were somewhat based around truth or at least real events. And, uh, and and things that really kind of took off, and and I said cult docu series, best, Tiger King, Waco, and Aquarius, and of course Aquarius is about Charles Manson, and then Waco's about Waco. So I've not seen Aquarius. I'm pretty familiar with Waco, and I, and even with that all being said, I still have to start Tiger King. I'm gonna bench Waco and cut Aquarius. And it, it mostly because I just don't know anything about Aquarius, but Waco. There's that cool song. What the age of Aquarius? Oh, no. not really cool song, but Waco's one that I'm going to watch next. Uh, I've heard a lot of things about it. Um, it it definitely has a meaning with things that are going on right now, especially with the anniversary just hitting what a week or so ago, and but Tiger King. I mean that. That's recent, you know, yeah. and and I guess what I kept telling Laura is like, is all are all these people dirtbags? Like the only one that I felt like was somewhat, I don't want to even say pure, but even even remotely like not trash was the the girlfriend of of the Jeff Lowe. See, and that's, I even, and she was bad because of association. I see, I. Did you watch the last episode, the one where that dude just interviewed a whole bunch of them? That's hilarious, yeah. I See, to me, that was where she got, that's where she earned her trash tag. Yeah. Was in that episode. The the two, for me, that fe- I felt like were the most normal out of that whole thing was the dude with no legs. Yeah. And the... And the one that was like long-haired cracked out all the time? No, he was pretty messed up. <laughs> it was the... What about him? Like, the girl guy that had her oh, arm cut yeah. off. Yeah, the one that because uh, she was pretty normal, or he was pretty normal. The one that old boy asked ask her said, uh, "Does the tiger look at your other arm and kind of lick yeah. the chops?" I'm like, "No." He was asking questions, and, and as soon as I saw who was doing it, I knew we yeah. were going to push the envelope because that's just how he is. All right, so we're all starting Tiger King. No reason to even rate Waco or Aquarius. But last one, as we kind of end out, what's more likely to keep on keeping on? Vols killing it on the recruiting trail. The sports halt or stoppage or that investigation of that dang Carol Baskin. 
I'm going to start the Vols killing it on the recruiting trail. I'm going to bench Carol Baskin's investigations, and I'm going to stop, uh, or, uh, cut stoppage of sports. I'm going in the same order because you can't beat the Vols in my mind. And that that lady, Carol Baskin. Dang Carol Baskin. Dang Carol Baskin. But, hey, if you're on your way to work or on your way home, I hope you enjoyed it. Catch us tomorrow. Take care. Be safe. And, yes, grind on. We'll see you tomorrow.